Great. The first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is on page 185, and we'll be reading verses 1 to verse 12. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and so that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give you, a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyard and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And the second reading is from Exodus chapter 20, and that can be found on the service sheet. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. This is the word of the Lord. Um, so we're coming up to the halfway point in our series through the Ten Commandments. I wonder whether you can remember the Ten Commandments so far. Now I realize we've got a lot of guests among us this morning who haven't been around for the rest of the series. Uh, but if you have been around, uh, I wonder whether you can remember the Ten Commandments so far. In fact, without looking, just turn to someone near you and see if you can help them remember the first five commandments. And uh, if you haven't been around for the rest of the series, then maybe you can find someone that has. Um, so 30 seconds. How many can you remember the first five of the Ten Commandments? Anyone think they've got them all in order? Any clever clogs among us? <laughs> let's, let's run through them together, shall we? See how we're getting on. God said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. First commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Second commandment, you shall not make for yourself any image. Third commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Or as we said, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. 
Fourth, last week, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And then the fifth commandment, we all remember because we've just had it read to us, honour your father and your mother. It's worth trying to remember the Ten Commandments. They're one of the most important pieces of scripture. Some churches, in fact, I was in a church um, just this last week that has the Ten Commandments literally written on the walls at the front of church. Um, So this exercise of memory wouldn't be very useful there, would it? Now, do you remember that broadly speaking, the first half of the Ten Commandments spell out the big principle that we've just seen repeated in our reading from Deuteronomy. If you've got it open, just look down at Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. The first half of the Ten Commandments is about love for God. And the second half, which we'll come back to in a few weeks' time, the second half of the commandments is all about love for neighbour, for fellow men and women. But the fifth commandment today, the fifth commandment is a bit of a funny one. Honour your father and your mother. Now why is this the fifth commandment? Why does it come before you shall not murder? for example. Why are we told elsewhere that breaking it was punishable by death? I think the reason is that honour for parents is a bit of a hinge commandment. It's starting to move from relationship with God to relationship with other people. But honour your father and your mother is still about a vertical relationship, like the relationship with God, It's still a vertical relationship. Honour your father and mother uh, because honouring parents is honouring God. This is the big principle that we need to grasp today. Honouring parents is honouring God. And I think the best way to express it is with a diagram. You'll see there's a triangle on your sheet. You can even fill it in as we go along if you've got a pen with you. The first four commandments are directly about loving God, the vertical relationship, as it were. And the final five commandments, um, six to ten, are about um, God's desire for us to love one another in various ways. No murder, no adultery, no stealing, and so on. But the fifth commandment is about relationships with other human beings, but it's about a vertical relationship that is the honour that is due to our parents. Honouring parents is honouring God. The parent-child relationship is a basic building block of God's society. Christians down through the ages have seen the fifth commandment as the foundation for all other authority relationships between pupils and teachers or citizens and the state or workers and bosses. In Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul talks about kneeling before the Father from whom literally every fatherhood in heaven and on earth derives its name. All authority originally comes from God. Honouring parents is honouring God. Now let's think about that word authority that I just used. Because actually we hate the idea of authority, don't we, in our modern age. 
The word suggests to us maybe power and control or even abuse. And authority certainly can be misused. Maybe you've been hurt in that way yourself. Maybe by a parent or by someone else in a position of authority. But because honouring parents is honouring God, we can also be confident that our ever faithful father sees those abuses and will hold those people to account on the last day. The authority of parents is not absolute. They will answer to God. The Bible stands against abuse of authority, but it does gently impress on us that there is order to a healthy society. If every individual was a law unto themselves, it would be chaos, and actually, it tends to leave a vacuum for a powerful dictator to rise up and impose their will on everyone else. No, honouring parents and other leaders under God is a safe and appropriate provision from our Heavenly Father for a healthy society. Let me just say that again. Honouring parents and other leaders under God is a safe and appropriate provision from our Heavenly Father for a healthy society. It's a beautiful thing when it works as it should. That honour of our parents on earth is an expression of our honour of our Father in heaven. In Exodus chapter 4, God describes the people, his people, the Israelites, as his firstborn son. And the perfect obedience of Jesus Christ was displayed, as he said in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night he was betrayed, he said, Abba, Father, take this cup, the suffering of the cross, from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus' perfect obedience in going to the cross corrected the disobedience of Adam in the Garden of Eden. Maybe the main way that a parent's authority needs to be worked out is in godly instruction. We saw that, didn't we, in our reading from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Do you see the commands of the Heavenly Father there being passed down the generations by parents teaching their children, teaching their grandchildren, and so on? Verse 6 of that same chapter, Moses says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk down the road, when you lie down and when you get up. This is what it means to be a parent in the eyes of God. And so honouring our parents means listening to their godly instruction. There's a natural fallen instinct to think that we know better than our parents. Children down through the ages have thought that. But the way it's meant to work is parents passing down God's instructions generation by generation, bringing us up in godly character and wisdom and obedience. 
There's a whole book of the Bible, the book of Proverbs, um, that is, is framed as a father giving godly wisdom to his son. And that's what we hope and pray that Louis's parents and godparents are going to be doing over many years to come. There's lots more I could say about parenting, um, but it's not for today. We actually ran a couple of parenting workshops uh, a few years ago um, for those with younger children. Let me know if you'd like us to run them again, because I know we've now got a new um, uh, crop of um, parents with little ones in the church family. Let me know if that would be helpful to you. So we've talked about authority and instruction. The third area of honouring parents is that honouring parents' authority, listening to their godly instruction, leads to inheritance. Inheritance comes from a healthy relationship with parents. And in fact, that's found in the commandment itself. Did you notice, as we read, it's on your sheet, honour your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord refers to it in Deuteronomy 6 as the land I swore to your fathers. It's as we line ourselves up with our ancestors that we receive the inheritance that comes from God the Father and rolls down through the generations. The blessing that comes from our godly submission to authority, putting into practice the wise instruction of our parents. It's repeated in the New Testament. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul says, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. There's great blessing in this faithful pattern of children obeying godly parents and then going on to bring their own children up in the Lord. Now, you might be thinking, that's all very well, Richard, but you haven't met my parents. Many of us have parents who don't follow the Lord themselves. In fact, maybe you've been abused by parents or abandoned by them, or they're simply not models that you wish to follow. We will come on to that. But first, we must apply this command to say that we need to honour our parents where we possibly can. We honour them out of honour of the Lord and not necessarily because they are always honourable. In fact, our family relationships are where our honour of the Lord is most tested because family relationships are not the relationships we've chosen. You can't choose your parents. So this is where we show whether we really honour God or whether we're just honouring our parents because we happen to like them or admire them. Honouring our parents is a positive command. It's not just don't dishonour your parents, but otherwise get on with living however you like. It's honour your parents. Look for any opportunity to show them honour. And that looks different depending on our age and stage. With very small children, honouring parents starts simply with obedience. The first lesson we need to teach our children is that they are an individual under authority. Despite what some people say nowadays, I do think that means we need to say no to our children at times. They're learning from us right boundaries. 
and obedience to authority. That's a great foundation for when they go on to school and to church and grow up into the world of work and being a good citizen. As children grow up though, we need to be teaching them to start to take responsibility for their own actions. We let them start to make some decisions for themselves as it's safe to do so. And so honouring parents as an older child or a younger adult is about listening with respect to advice and guidance. As adults, we don't grow up into independence. We grow up into mature interdependence. If we've left home, especially if we've married, we've formed a new family, but we never stop honouring our parents. Maybe it's something as simple as calling home regularly. And in older age, our parents might need us to provide for them and take care of them practically. And I know that there are members of our church family who are doing an extraordinary job in sacrificial care of vulnerable parents. I was away at a conference um, 10 days or so ago and uh, someone there had brought along his elderly father, a man who's been powerfully used by God as an evangelist in times past, but is now quite frail. And it was just lovely to see the son's practical care for his father without a trace of irritation or burden. In fact, I said to him as he waited outside his dad's toilet cubicle, thank you for modelling the fifth commandment in practice. It was a beautiful thing that was going on in the men's toilets. So honour parents where we can, out of honour of God. Even when our parents are dishonourable, let's do what we can to show patience, to swallow our pride, to show undeserved kindness to them out of our love for our Heavenly Father who has shown his undeserved kindness to us. We honour our parents because honouring parents is honouring God. But sometimes we have to choose. You see, my diagram of parents sitting neatly within the triangle of God's will isn't always the reality. Sometimes parents will try to pull us outside the triangle or even completely in the opposite direction from our Heavenly Father. Unlike some religions or cultures, we don't worship our ancestors. We're not enslaved uh, to those who have gone before us. There's no blessing, there's no inheritance for following our father or mother into sin. This was an important message that God gave the prophets. Ezekiel uh, told us, the soul who sins shall die. In other words, we will each individually be held responsible for how we respond to our heavenly father. And if our earthly father or mother, or in fact any other authority over us, tries to pull us away from God, we need to follow God and not people. As Ephesians 6 put it, we must obey our parents in the Lord. Sometimes parents try to stop their children from following God at all. Or even Christian parents can push their children into career choices that make following God much more difficult. 
Parental expectations can make it difficult for children to go into full-time Christian ministry. Maybe they try to influence our godly choice of spouse. Sometimes we will need to choose between honouring God and honouring parents. That's what lies behind some shocking words of Jesus. I think it's worth us turning to Matthew chapter 6. It's on page 975 in the Church Bibles. 975. Sorry, Matthew chapter 10. I think I said chapter 6, but Matthew chapter 10, page 975. And we're picking up in verse 34. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 10, 34. Jesus says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Verse 37. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. They're quite shocking words, aren't they? But can you see that they actually arise from the Ten Commandments rather than rather than contradicting them verse 37 is a direct application of the first commandment you shall have no other gods before me if we follow our parents rather than following God when they're pulling in different directions we're actually following a false God and whilst our children will be incredibly precious to us I hope If we love them more than we love God, again, we're making them an idol, a false God. And in fact, it's best for them that we show them that our Heavenly Father is number one. The most important thing we can do out of our love for our parents or for our children or for that matter, anyone else, is to show them that the Father comes first even if they disagree, even if they find it hurtful. We hope and pray that even though we have to obey God and not man, our manner in how we do that, respectful, regretful, self-controlled and resolute, will be a powerful witness to them, which will eventually mean them coming to follow Jesus themselves. If you've got a father or mother who's trying to pull you away from the Lord or who just simply isn't living in a way um, that's consistent with his way, can you honour them even in how you disagree with them? Can you find things you can respect and honour in what they say and do? Can you always speak to them and treat them with respect and kindness and forgiveness? however bad their behaviour might be towards you. It's as adopted children of our Heavenly Father that we're able to say, just like Jesus in the garden, Abba, Father, not my will, but yours be done. 
And it's as adopted children of our Heavenly Father that intergenerational cycles of brokenness and dysfunction can be reset and healed. How do we know how to be good fathers and mothers? How do we know how to be good children? By looking to our Heavenly Father and to the perfect obedience of Jesus Christ at the cross. Our honour of our parents doesn't depend on their worthiness of it. It doesn't depend on the ups and downs of our rocky relationship with them. It's steady and steadfast because it depends on God the Father who shows us what loving authority, instruction and inheritance is through Jesus Christ. When we struggle to honour our parents, let's cry out to our Heavenly Father again. And like Jesus in the garden, we say, not my will, but yours be done. I realise there's a lot there to process. Maybe this is particularly painful or complicated for you. There are a couple of questions on the bottom of the handout. They'll also be on the screen at the end. Um, maybe you can... Uh, take them away and have a think about them or chat to others over tea and coffee. Let me for now read that commandment again and lead us in prayer. The Lord our God says, honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the lands the Lord your God is giving you. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we can honour our parents as an expression of our honour of you. For those of us who are parents, we ask, Father, that we will pass on godly instruction, wisdom and example to our children, that they would enjoy the inheritance of growing up, knowing and loving and serving you. Father, whether our parents make it easy or hard, we pray, our Father, for great wisdom, forbearance, determination for each one of us in working out how we can show honour to our fathers and our mothers in a way that glorifies you and points to you now and always. Amen.